everybody. It's a mini sode. It's a little teeny tiny episode of what we do. Larry, and Larry's here with us. It's not going to be quiet at all. All right. Anyway, this is just an episode. It's a little mini thing. We just read you your ideas back to you after we research them. Because clearly, since you suggested them, you still don't know about them, and we are here to educate you. That's right, and everybody else that's listening, all 14 regular listeners. 14 now, Ooh, huh? We have 14. 14. We're, we're yeah, 14 regular ones. No longer oh. at 13? No, we went up one. Ooh. I scrounged Wait it up. until what? you see so many numbers, you can't count that high. I know, I Kind of like the, the how many tennis balls fit into a Grand Canyon. Oh, my God. So, Larry, I, we were talking about that. Okay, so no, we weren't talking about that. <laughs> Did you delete that from the episode? No, I left a lot of that in. Okay. I'm not saying anything about anything right now. But <laughs> here's what we didn't cover. Can you catch them all on fire at the same time? I would have to ask T. So I'm going to shop work this, the name of this, but I think at this point Nidnik is what we're going to call it. Nidniks. Okay. Welcome to our Nidnik episode. Yes. Episode one. You, these tiny little bits are going to be called Nidniks, and I'm going to be ridiculous about them. I love it. All okay. right. You want to start us off? No, but I will. Okay. <laughs> Nidnik number one. <laughs> <laughs> Northumbria, located in the tip of northeast England. While out walking her dog, Katie Wilkinson spotted something rather odd-looking in a muddy field. The 26-year-old from Winlotton Gateshead... If I screwed that name up, well, it's not my problem. Came across what she believed was a human toe sticking out of the ground. She was walking a different route than usual and was keeping a close eye on the wet mud so as not to slip when she noticed something striking in the dirt. She decided to get a closer look and snapped a photo to show others to see what they thought it was. Everyone she showed the picture to was quick to agree the mysterious item looked just like a toe. So once home, Katie decided to call the police and report it. She called 101, not 911, just 101. Is that like human toe 101? <laughs> it's like England emergency calling oh. thing. <laughs> and within five minutes, a police car pulled up outside her front door. Katie took officers to the location where she'd found the toe, quote unquote. And they began to investigate. More police officers, sergeants, and detectives arrived on the scene, and she was she had to show the photo she'd taken to each of them. A detective agreed it did look like a toe, but after hours of searching and no results, sniffer dogs were brought in, and they soon discovered it wasn't a human body part at all. It was just a potato. <laughs> <laughs> When I first read the story, I didn't get that far into it. That's good. I know. <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Wait right. until the next Bl- one. Bring all the police in. <laughs> a spokesperson from Northumbria Police commented, Shortly before 5 p.m. on 5th of January, we received a report of a suspected body found in the West Lane area of Winlarton. Winlarton. Um, ba-ba-ba. It was reported by a member of the public that they had found what they believed to be a partially buried foot. I'm sure this is exactly how it sounded. (laughs) (laughs) Chances, no. No, not at all. I know, I'm just an ass. Um, (laughs) I know, but you're a fun ass to be around. Officers attached... Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> Take <I can> two. <laughs> <laughs> you call me in the morning. <laughs> I could see Monty Python coming up now. Anyway. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's not horse. You got two coconuts. You're banging them together. <laughs> I try. Okay. Transpired that the discovery was in fact a potato, which had been mistaken as a toe. We are satisfied. Wow, I can't talk today. Jake's. We are satisfied that the report was made in good faith and would always encourage anyone who sees anything suspicious to report it via the Tell Us Something page on our website or by calling a 101. That is the end of my first nitnick. All right, here's my first nitnick. Are you ready? Are you going to do a dumb voice? Are you ready? No, because you make fun of my dumb voices. Like you guys aren't giggling at my stupidity. I love your, <laughs> I love your stupidity. Uh, by the way, I just want to say thank you to somebody in Michigan. We didn't get a name on that because my mom sucks at research. Um, but thank you from Michigan to Michigan. This was actually um, came from a couple different listeners, this one. Um, in Denmark, kids have a brand new animated TV show called John Dillerman. I think I know this one. Which anyway. is a show about a man with an astonishingly long, misbehaving penis. Yes, it is. I just read about this. John Dillerman, Diller being the Danish word for penis, is a hapless, generally well-intentioned, everyday kind of guy who wears a red and white striped onesie. I'm glad you said intentioned. He just wants to I go. I figured it was going to be well endowed. <laughs> I've seen it. It's not endowed. It's long. It's okay. just really, really long. You've seen this show. I actually went and watched the YouTube videos. <laughs> okay. Oh, my. He just wants to go about his day doing regular chores. He just wants to go to the grocery store. He wants to visit the zoo, and he wants to do a little light gardening. Alas, for poor Dillerman at every turn, his penis keeps getting in the way and getting him in trouble. It snakes through the neighbor's hedge where his neighbor nearly chops it off with a pair of hedge trimmers. Oof. Andrew's face right now is freaking priceless. Oof. Priceless. It grabs an ice cream cone, drops it on top of a traffic light. It's really long. <laughs> it's causing the traffic light to short circuit and snarling up traffic. And in one alarming scene, Dillerman goes hunting and his extraordinarily long member grabs a gun and just waves it around the forest. Needless to say, this program has been somewhat controversial for choice in children's programming. It's done in a blocky claymation style with John and several other figures just tilting around their world with stiff limbs and crude, stark facial expressions. Few of the characters even actually have much of a face. Almost all of the emotion in the program comes from John himself, who has two large, plastic, googly eyes that register his continued dismay at the actions of his penis. John. Th that is apparently stiff. stiff I would call limbs. it limber. I would call it limber. limber? Stiff it waves limbs. around a lot. Okay, like a wacky flailing, inflatable flailing arm tube man? Okay, a couple yeah. of questions here. Who thought this would be a good idea? I don't, I don't know. I'm and not how quite do you done. get it approved to get it on television? De it's not uh, Denmark. It was in Denmark. It's well, yeah, but not in America. But, but still... Oh, it'd never make it on TV. Nope. Here. No, I'm pretty sure it like, <coughs> did. You know. Oh, my God. There'd be so many Karens. Oh, jeez. John's story of his diller has nothing to do with pleasure or even with peeing. He carries it around like an ever-present, mortifying pet that he can't put in a cage. As troubling as it might seem, 
to watch a show about a man with a giant uncontrollable penis. It's really a story about a guy just doing his best to make it in a world that is not really designed for his particular body. Somewhere in this story, there is hope though. Somewhere in there, John Dillerman has a lesson for all of us about accepting our bodies, loving ourselves, and the joy of, of watching a man play badminton with himself. <laughs> <laughs> the, the loving yourself part, I had a, had a comment there for a minute, but <laughs> I'll let that go. <laughs> Yeah, I got that idea from... I actually found that, and two of my listeners suggested it to us. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. I did, I Do those did listeners s- have names? We're not naming names on that one. <laughs> I thought it was amazing I could say the word penis on air that many times without stuttering. Penis! Ready, Andrew? It's your turn. Are you sure? Are you ready? <laughs> Parks and recreation workers in South Carolina... Oh, wait, no, this one's American. Hold on. <coughs> I'm gonna Get your southern twang going. Um, all right. Just throw some yaws in there. You'd be all right. Parks and recreation workers in South Carolina made an extraordinary discovery during a routine water quality test at a small lake. The crew (laughs) caught a nine-pound goldfish that was about 15 inches long in the murky waters of Oak Grove Lake. That's a whopper of a goldfish, National Geographic says. The average weight for a pet goldfish is 0.2 to 0.6 pounds, though they can top five pounds in the wild. The average length is 4.7 inches to 16.1 inches. There's a guy that says he had no clue how long the, fi- how long the fish, which is not native to South Carolina, has been in the lake in the upper part of the state. He told CNN the team didn't see anything resembling a goldfish when they last studied the lake a decade ago. Despite goldfish not being a native species in South Carolina lakes, the giant was returned to the lake because it it was not causing any problems. Two fishermen have rescued a naked fugitive whom they found sitting on a tree branch in an Australian crocodile habitat. What is habitat. it with you in private parts today? I didn't mention private parts. Yet. He's just naked. Cam Foss said Wednesday he and fellow recreational fisher, Kev Joyner, heard Luke Vorskenrensky, 40, I know I slaughtered that name, Whatever yell for like- help on Sunday as they set crab traps from their dinghy in mangroves on the outskirts of the northern city of Darwin. Dillerman, penis, dinghy, naked people. You've got to find stories with easy names. you know. Or just John leave Smith. the names out. Yeah, Boss out. said the fugitive, who was covered in mud, cuts, and insect, insect bites, had explained that he had been lost for four days, survived by eating snails, and had used his clothes for bits and pieces over the way. Didn't make sense to us, the fisherman said, referring to the explanation for his nudity. He had a nest made up in the tree, and he was only laying three feet above the water, and there were crocs in the water, so he had done pretty well to survive. Joyner said that he and his friend had hesitated before bringing the fugitive on board. Once we'd seen how bad he was and how many cuts he had all over him, and he was dehydrated and pretty weak, we thought we'd better get him in the boat. We thought he must just have had a big night after New Year's and got lost and done himself a mischief in the bush, he added. So the friendly fisherman stripped down to his underwear and handed the fugitive his shorts and a beer as the trio made their way back to Darwin. He looked like he needed a beer, although he was in a bad way. He sounds like Larry's kind of people. (laughs) Maybe it is Larry. Australians? I just gave him Varensky as the last name. They come rescue you with beer. It's kind of like the St. Bernard with the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So an ambulance is waiting at a Darwin boat ramp 
fugitive was taken to the Darwin Hospital where he was placed under police guard as he was treated for exposure. Police said he had been free on bail after being charged with armed robbery, multiple aggravated assaults, deprivation of liberty, and stealing. But he had cut off his electronic monitoring device last week and attempted to evade police. The fisherman decided against visiting him in the hospital after discovering that he had been wanted for all the charges. Thousands of creatures resembling penises have washed up on a beach in Carolina. The pulsating creatures are fat innkeeper worms. All they... (laughs) I'm trying so damn hard. (sighs) Although they are a type of worm, they are widely referred to as the penis fish. The worms bury themselves deep beneath the sand. But recent storms have uprooted them. And Drake's Drake's Beach... Damn it, I'm fucking up the voice now. (coughs) Uh, Drake's Beach, about 50 miles north of San Francisco, has been covered in the creatures. Yes, the physical design of the fat innkeeper worm has has some explaining to do. But the fat innkeeper is perfectly shaped for a life spent underground. Wrote biologist Ivan Parr. Man, that is a cool name. It's <laughs> the first Dude, name you guys I could pronounce correctly. Is what, that's well, probably it's why it's cool. Ivan, and it's three fucking letters. Par. 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 That is the first Ivan Par, <laughs> not the third, so par one. <laughs> There's a golf joke for Larry. <laughs> Mini golf at it. It's a part one. <laughs> oh. There's a fossil of evidence of the creatures dating back 300 million years, and some live for up to 25 years, he added. That is cool shit. Within a beach, the creatures will dig a U shaped burrows extending several feet long. I'm going to need something stronger than coffee here in a minute. <laughs> Red cans. <laughs> Blue. You, you I'm out of red. Done, you oh. could have done the penis story. You could have. You could have. Well, if I would have known there was an easy name in there. Yeah. Like Ivan Parr. <laughs> Ivan Parr. Their more polite nickname, Innkeeper Worm, <laughs> comes from the subterranean lifestyle and the tunnels they create for other animals as they burrow underground. Whoa, dude. <laughs> Several other species, including fish, sharks, and otters, Feast on the penis fish. That's some heavy shit. And it's considered food for humans as well. (laughs) The scientific name for the species found in East Asia is a delicacy in countries including South Korea. That scientific name is Eurechus Unit (laughs) Penis Fish. All right. That means somebody other than this guy <laughs> knows what they are. That's awesome. Now there's two of you. Uh, Surf's up, bro. <laughs> the waves are straight shredding today. I just want to tell you all. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to offend a lot of people today. Oh, I know. Oh. 
All right. No one is safe. <laughs> no one is safe. <laughs> no one is safe from this podcast. All right. Our last story. <laughs> Supposedly. But came in, it came in two parts. Oh, it's a two-part? It came in two parts. It's like a mini-series, Andrew. Yeah, it's a mini-series. That's, that's a two-over par. <laughs> two parts. <laughs> <laughs> last story. Let's, let's do this last story, Mom. <laughs> That's, yeah, that I need a blue can. Can you imagine <laughs> if oh. I'd grown up in California? You're going to hurt your throat doing that? No, oh. not. A mystery herd of ornamental elephants has appeared on the doorstep of the same street, leaving residents and police dumbfounded. The 64-strong collection turned up on Vincent Street in St. Helens overnight between Thursday and Friday. Merseyside police said the unexpected arrival had caused concern, and they asked for the owner to come forward. As officers employed their gray matter... Social media launched into its own tusk force to explore various theories. This is full of Dumbo puns, isn't it? Oh, okay. Force posted. <laughs> Maybe you're right. It's just so strange. And some houses had several little elephant ornaments. Some had none. Why? How do they decide who needs an extra helping of good luck and who doesn't? Brandon Delahoney posted, for everyone commenting about how this is for luck or a gift, it's a lovely idea, but this could also be a way for thieves to test if someone is home. Leave an elephant on the doorstep, and if it's still there a day or two later, they know they can probably break in without drawing any attention. Despina Moody tweeted, In some cultures, such as Brazilian and Chinese, elephants bring good luck, good health, and they are guardians of the home. Were the elephants found facing the door? In parts of India, a traditional symbol of divinity and royalty. They can also depict victory, war, and triumph. And others suggested that the trinkets were destined for a white elephant stall or a jumbo sale, but how they got there remains the elephant in the room. Hmm. One day later. She's waiting for me to comment. Yeah, I'm not doing it. You you didn't uh, take the bait. No, no, I'm... The mystery of why a herd of ornamental elephants appearing on doorsteps has been solved by a police task force. The 64-strong collection appeared on Vincent Street in St. Helens overnight between Thursday and Friday. Some people were concerned, and they called the Merseyside Police. Officers put on appeal for, for information. An elderly man later came forward and told police he had tried to share his late wife's trinkets to mark the first anniversary of her death. Sergeant Andy Halfpenny. Oh, he's not worth much. But um bum bum. Sergeant Andy Halfpenny of Merseyside Police said I would like to thank those people who made us aware of the presence of the elephants out of genuine uncertainty about why they were there. Thankfully, it has been now confirmed the motivation was sheer kindness and the ornaments were left on doorsteps as a touching gesture by an elderly man in honor of his late wife who had collected them. The mystery is certainly one of that the people of Vincent Street will never forget. All right, guys, I guess this is the end of the uh, episode. Um, we had lots of laughs today, or at least I did. Um, Don't forget to keep sending us your strange headlines and bizarre news stories. They are appreciated. So just uh, have a great day. And, Thank, uh, thanks for listening to our Nidnicks today. Yeah, our Nidnicks. Yeah. Well, for me, until next time, bye. Bye. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>